Today's guest exudes positivity in all she does, but it wasn't always that way. Her victory story comes from 14 plus years of dealing with mental health issues and having to overcome so many crippling and debilitating lows in order to succeed at living a happy life. Natalie Hawkins is a 28-year-old from Pembrokeshire in West Wales. She's an avid runner and is slowly getting back into the sport after experiencing an injury that sidelined her for a good six months. Her hobbies include walking, yoga, and exercise, and she is fascinated by the process of self-development and practices gratitude regularly. She loves the challenge of finding the positive and good in a situation, even during tough circumstances. She is also the host of Not Another Runner podcast, which was shortlisted in the 2020 UK Running Awards. The podcast is aimed to encourage and motivate others in getting up and getting going, despite the level of fitness and experience, because you never regret going, but you always regret not going. I had the privilege to chat with her a while back on her podcast, and I just knew I wanted to get her on mine. I'm excited to have her with us today as she shares one of her struggle victory stories and the lessons she learned through it. I am pretty confident that you will enjoy this chat as much as I do. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so you can realize your full potential. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can move confidently toward your goals. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon, and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Well, hey, Nat, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to catch up again. Yes, me too. It's been a few months, and in that few months, it's been crazy. <laughs> the yes, world has, has. A different in a different way, and yeah. a lot of things have changed since we chatted last, so it's kind of fun to be able to catch up. Um, and you being in the United Kingdom, you probably have similar experiences, but some different experiences as well. Um, but will you just share a little bit about who you are for our audience so that they can get to know you? Okay, yeah. So um, I'm Natalie, or Nat, Nats, and I am 28. I am Welsh, so I live in Wales, um, in West Wales, and I'm a runner. Um, I'm also a run leader, but not yet put to good use because um, I became injured just after certifying as a run leader. Um, so wasn't running, wasn't able to. And then, of course, we went into lockdown just as I was gaining some fitness and walking and running. Um, recently was able to run again, did my first mile in April and managed to get up to five miles carefully with the uh, run walks. Um, but again, taking a few steps backwards now with the injury. Um, as is progress in life, not linear ever. Um, and I'm the podcast host for Not Another Runner, as you were interviewed on. Um, and that was established from setting up my own running profile over on Instagram, where I set it up just to remain motivated while I was training for London Marathon 2019. And um, I also work full time alongside the podcast. So I work in civil service. So between working full time, um, getting my exercise in and also hosting the podcast and everything on Instagram it is quite busy yeah <laughs> always busy always a full day you probably haven't felt quarantined at all <laughs> not at all <laughs> no definitely not yeah well I have to tell you uh, when I was in eighth grade somewhere in my eighth grade I got to a chance to go to Europe on a trip and I did England Ireland Scotland and Wales and I have to tell you Wales was my favorite and I was it Yes, it was gorgeous. And I think we were in, in some mines and different things and we got some yeah. like that, and it was just so fun. So someday I will get back there. <laughs> yes. And when you do, you'll have to let me know and I'll have to come meet you. Yes. We'll have to go on a yeah, run. That'd be great. Yes. We'll both maybe be back in shape. <laughs> yes, let's hope so. <laughs> I can understand the agony that you have gone through in those uh, months off and trying to get back to it because as a lot of my audience knows, I had the same issues. I, well, just different, different injury, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, off for six months and it's a hard, hard thing to get back into, but yeah. especially when it's something that you love. And mm -hmm. I would love to hear just a little bit, cause I think you, how you got into running is just a fantastic story in itself. Before we dive into your struggle victory story of the London marathon, I want to know how you became a runner. Um, okay, so it's a funny story, actually. Well, I think it's funny. Um, 
So I, do you know what? I never, I never liked running. I never liked it. Um, and when I was younger and in school, I was very much overweight. So my fitness was awful. I was on the hockey and netball team. So did do a little bit of sport, um, but I was still overweight. Um, so decided to lose some weight. Me and my mum joined the Curves Gym, the women's only gym. Um, so lost, I think it was three and a half stone when I was 15 um, and regained a lot of fitness, um, but still did not like running. And um, over the years, with a lot of mental health struggles, um, I came to understand that exercise was, my, was going to be my best friend. So when I was back, I wasn't in too bad of a place in 2017, but I still wasn't my best self. So I had taken up smoking after a few years living in um, Valencia because I wasn't very well and had a very, very um, a low dip with my mental health so yeah I took up smoking because it was my only way to cope with everything else going on around me and put on a lot of weight so 2017 I decided I'd give up smoking for Lent um, and take up a a healthy habit and that was running so as soon as I did my first five kilometers um, on that day I absolutely fell in love with it and I and I did I managed to run five kilometers no problem I did set off a bit too fast um, and before I knew it, I was training for a half marathon, which was um, such an accomplishment for that year. Because for all of that Lent, I, I did give up smoking. I didn't, I didn't um, succumb to it at all and continue to not smoke. And yeah, just fell in love with running. And prior to that, I had signed up to many races before in attempt to um, overcome my struggles with my mental health condition and could never really get going. Um, it was just too difficult. I just wasn't ready. I wasn't able to. Um, I had no one there really like motivating me on to do it, so to speak. And and I didn't fight hard enough. So many times I signed up for a race, even just a small five kilometer for charity, and just couldn't get myself to 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 do it. So it took me got to be I think it was five years until like 2017. So it took me that long. So many times signed up to a race like yes I'm going to do this I'm going to get really healthy I'm going to I'm going to be well um and I'm going to be positive I'm going to be happy I'm going to overcome this and I just couldn't do it so yeah 2017 was a big a big um a big year have a look back that's really cool and the fact that it took you five years the persistence that you had to have in order to just keep going and to keep pushing to pursue that I mean it's so many of us when we get into a struggle or especially with our mental health, because I've, I've been there. I, I understand that downward spiral. It's easier mm. to just stay there and to not get the help that we need and to kind of push ourselves out of that. And you seem to do that. And what I think is interesting is you never went back to smoking. So it is, is there any time, are there any times where you feel that struggle coming back or, is, or was it yes. just one and done and you didn't have to think back? Oh, I definitely did. And, and although I'm not a smoker, I, there was, there have been times where I have, I have fallen back to doing that, but only um, normally when, when I'm not, not being very well um, physically, mentally, um, and I'm not running. As soon as running is taken out of the equation, um, it's almost like my purpose is gone because my, my good self isn't there. So it's a bit like you don't, um, or at least I, at the time when I did do that, you don't have the same care you're you're a bit like you're almost willing to neglect yourself because that that element that was keeping you up keeping you well is no longer there so you don't have that purpose or that drive to 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 continue and to abstain from other things that will make you feel low in yourself it's like what's the point yeah that makes sense now as far as running um running is like a great medicine for you is there anything that you can pinpoint for why that is Oh my God, there's so many. <laughs> I, yeah, so like I ask on the podcast for each guest to say what their why I run is. So like their why, like what makes them put their trainers on every time they go out. Um, and like I share, I do share on Instagram, I need to do it more consistently, my reasons for why I run, because to, I honestly think there is an infinite reason like as to why I run. It, it's not what, I can't summarize it into one phrase because 
what running has brought me in my life is just incredible. I can't even put it into enough words. I don't think a podcast is ever going to be long enough for me to be able to say what it has done to me in my life. Um, but I will do very best to, to um, give you a brief, a brief explanation. So, I mean, for me, it has given me a whole new lease of life. Not only did it allow me to give up smoking and become healthier, I was able to become fitter. Um, it meant I had more energy to, to be with friends and to enjoy activities with my niece at the time and their nephews. Um, I was more productive, more proactive. I lost weight. I was able to wean off medication, which um, took me five years, I think, and I'm now medication-free for the longest period of my life since starting medication in 2011. So I no longer have to um, control my mental health condition with medication. I, I control it through my own coping mechanisms and exercise. Um, so that's, the, that's a huge, huge one. Um, and it's, it's, it's opened my world to so much more. So it makes me a more grateful and... Um, positive person it makes me a better person um, it makes me aspire to, to be more to achieve more and to continue even when I am struggling um, and it makes me appreciate the life I've been given um, everything that surrounds me my family just everything I just can't even like put it into words how much it has done for me and it's also allowed me to meet new people um, have and form great friendships and um, be a part of a club, a part of a community. And again, then, you know, starting the, the profile over on Instagram, um, that's another big thing. I would never have done that if I didn't have running in my, in my life and if I wasn't aspiring to an event or to achieve something. And, and that profile obviously then opened so many more doors. I met people, I was asked to go on a podcast and then I set up my own and I've met so many people through that and it's all because of that one step of going for a run I love that and I love that you kind of fell into the podcast it wasn't uh, yeah. something you were aspiring for it wasn't something yeah. you thought of for years it was something that when you were on that podcast the podcaster kind of inspired you to do it didn't, didn't they Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. So do you know what? I didn't even know it was a, a dream of mine. It made sense afterwards. I mean, I've been listening to podcasts since 2011. I'm an absolute podcast geek. I listen every day, whether I'm cleaning, cooking, um, going to bed. I don't sleep without a podcast on. When I'm getting ready for work in the morning, it's it's like my go-to for everything. It's a bit like a Bible. I'll open up, like, what do I want to listen to today? What do I want to take? Or what do I want to learn? Um, so yeah, I didn't actually realise. And I think that's probably because it seemed too big of a of a thing like I like how would I even go about that like little me Natalie you know working um and living in West Wales how would I even start my own um so had I not met Tom Bell virtually online through Instagram um then I wouldn't have had the push to go and start my own I think I would have found and discovered it eventually because the seed had already been planted from another podcast who um Matt Chittam, who does the Ramblin' Runner, he was saying about the platform he uses and how easy it was. So I I, I did think to myself, hmm, that's a you know, that's a good idea, but never really would have run with it had I not had that encouragement from Tom Bell, who was a, a highly motivated, inspirational, just an amazing bloke. Yeah. yeah. And I love that you started your uh Instagram without any purpose behind it or mm -hmm. other than to motivate yourself. And yeah. you had named it not another runner, so yeah. that's is that where the inspiration came for our for the actual podcast itself too. Yeah. So I knew there was I knew there was going to be something behind it. So when I set one up, um, it, it's quite funny actually. I was saying this to a friend the other day. It was quite actually dumbfounded. I, I set it up anonymously, so I went to the extreme of disconnecting my Instagram, Facebook, and my contacts list on my iPhone, so that no friends, no family could find it. Because I wanted to do something for me and not have anyone that I knew follow as I found my feet. I knew that um, I wanted to do something. I had a vision, but I didn't quite understand what it was. So I knew it wasn't just going to be. A profile to document my journey. I knew that I needed to meet people and I knew that um, I would build something. I just couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. So it kind of just developed naturally 
although I knew that there was something going to be there. And that's why I think I took three days to think up a name before I even set it up, which sounds really crazy now. Um, there's so many runners on Instagram. The, the Instagram running community is something quite unique and special. Um, and you can lead yourself down the, a rabbit hole. Um, so yeah, I, I, there's so many runners and so many handles and usernames. I was like, well, that's taken, that's taken. What am I even going to what am I even going to be um so yeah it took me three days before I even came up with a name and set one up um and I think it was just a little bit bit comedy a bit like oh not another runner because there were so many other runners um and that's how that came came about and then obviously the the podcast was a natural um an add-on from the from the profile yeah that makes complete sense now as far as setting up that not another runner uh, Instagram that fell into you training for the London Marathon, correct? Mm-hmm. So yes. let's talk a little bit. I, I'm, I'm excited to dive into this and hear your story because I'm like, gosh, I've never had a race like that. And if I did, <laughs> maybe I would quit. I don't know. So um, just share a little bit about the story itself and let's dive in. Okay. So London Marathon. So it was my first marathon actually and got a ballot place. I was one of the lucky ones. Um, I used to remember the odds because I posted about it before, but it, you know, your odds are very slim in getting a ballot place. It was my second entry. Um, so absolutely ecstatic. Um, and I was in really, really great shape. I was in awesome fitness. I'd trained hard. I trained six months. I'm a little bit like if I have a goal, I will absolutely work hard towards it. Otherwise there's just no point in setting it as a goal. Um, so I'm a little bit type A personality when it comes to stuff like that. Um, so I put my all into it. I absolutely trained hard and I was foam rolling. I was stretching. I was strength training. I was fueling. I was doing everything by the book. And I even had a coach as well and, and gained so much fitness. So I was ready and, um, rearing to go on the day and hoping for around a four hour mark. I didn't really know what I was able to achieve because it was first marathon. I don't think you should go into it. Um, naively um although I knew I could run that you just don't know on the day um and also you really don't know because you've never done that distance I'd done up to 22 miles so I knew I was okay and ready for it I wasn't nervous which is really odd and well the day just didn't go as planned I basically picked up a bug and from mile one, I was really uncomfortable. I, I had a really bad stomachache and I couldn't shift it. I was fine running and I was running relatively um, easy, um, making sure that I wasn't running too fast, even though I could have done. I couldn't drink water because my stomach was so painful that um, it was so bloated. Um, so basically, I think I got to mile 14 without any water, um, dying of thirst, but I knew I just couldn't because of the pain. Um, and I knew at that point that I needed to slow down and that I was going to have to walk because of the pain. Something did not feel right. And I can't believe I managed to run the 14 miles, to be honest with you. And it was a little bit after that I had to pull myself off because I felt so nauseous. And I thought, oh, this is not good. <laughs> um, and two ladies, two lovely ladies came over and they tried to help me. They gave me some of their cup of tea, which had sugar in it to give me a bit of a boost. Gave me a Jaffa cake, which I reluctantly ate half of um and in a little to-go pack with three in them so I ran off with it or jogged or plodded um and again I was just not in a good place so had to pull myself off probably 0.2 of a mile later and was violently sick and it was awful it was so embarrassing (laughs) I think I left my dignity at the side of that race line. Um, lots of people were walking past, just like looking at me, like, "Oh, is she all right?" <laughs> so um, it was a bit of a, a walk and walk, jog, cry, and sick fest. After that, I think I was actually physically sick probably five times, um, like violently, and all the while still had had no fuel, which normally on a long run like that I would have had at least you know two or three gels by then. Um, so it involved three medic stops, um, one of which was about 40 minutes long. I had to have two hydration sachets because of how much I'd been sick and not been able to take water on. Finally had, um, the ability to drink a little bit of water, felt a bit better, but I was freezing cold by this point because obviously my body had cooled down, um, after 40 minutes of doing nothing. So I had a, a nice foil blanket on me ready to go back onto the, onto the road. 
and escorted by a police lady um there was a lot of crying because I, I was at one point on a pavement like this is gone like this is my dream gone I can't finish and the the race marshal at the side was like do you need to finish and I was like I can't um I'd raised so much money for a local charity I felt like had I have finished I would have been an absolute fraud because I'd raised like I think it was 1600 pound so I was like, there's just absolutely no way I can stop. I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to run another marathon if that's the case. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to after this experience. Um, I was even sick on a police lady's shoes at one point in a bus stop um, outside of the race. <laughs> she was really nice about it though, bless her. Um, so yeah, I carried on walking with my foil blanket. I'd been given like my stats because they'd, they'd taken some sort of stats somewhere in my pocket. And then, oh yes, that's it, because they'd written out everything. And because of the pain I was describing in my stomach and um, I think on my back, the, one of the um, medics was a bit concerned that it could have been um, cardiac related because it can sometimes manifest itself in, in stomach issues. So they said, look, if you, if you get any problems with your left arm or you get any pins and needles, then you really need to, you need to pull yourself off and stop. So. I don't know whether that planted a seed in my head, but I think it was um, probably half a mile later, I had pins and needles in my left hand and it was like going into my arm. Um, I think that might have been just because of being cooled down and shock and everything else. So I, but I didn't want to take any risks. So I was like, well, it's not going away. Um, the the next medic stop wasn't too far away. So I pulled pulled in like I'm driving. <laughs> So I stopped with a medic stop and um, basically they had to give me an ECG just in case. Um, and as soon as those stats came back, were okay. Then I was like, right, okay, can I carry on now? Cause you know, I'm, I'm really near the finish and I need to get this done. Um, and my, my poor family must've been like, where is she? I'd run, I'd nearly run out of battery as well. Um, so I came out and I think this was at like mile 21.5, no, 22 must have been 23.5 I think it wasn't it wasn't long left by this point so managed to run the last three miles okay like relatively okay it was painful for the first mile um but the last two was actually really good like those hydration sachets they were brilliant um and I wasn't sick again which was which was yeah it's very fortunate, especially you, do, you. I wouldn't have wanted to be sick on the mall coming down finish line. Um, and I saw my family right uh, right near the end, so that was a nice little boost just to keep me going. Um, and the funny thing was, because of all my stops and the the walking of of being sick, um, when I was coming towards the end, I was surrounded by a lot of people who were struggling, a lot of injuries. You know, there was one girl who had no shoes on, and there was another girl who was literally dragging her leg. You could see that um, the adductors had gone. Her hips were not in a good shape. I mean, I was like, there's a video of me at the end and I'm actually like running like with a smile on my face because I'd walked a lot of it, you know, my legs were fine. Um, but I definitely, definitely, there were quite a few dark places and I was crying and I thought to myself, do you know, I used to want to run an ultra marathon. There is no way, no way I can do that because of how sick I felt. You know, ultra runners, they say about the sickness that they can have. I just thought, no, I can't do that. But yeah, managed to finish. <laughs> Six hours twenty. Oh man! And what's the cutoff? What was the cutoff for the race? Is it like I don't know. I think it's like eight hours, London. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I might be wrong. I think maybe it's seven hours. It's um, it's got to be at least seven for the. Yeah, hour. I think so. Yeah, and I think I think in twenty twenty they were going to extend it because a lot of people, a lot of the backpack runners were quite offended because they were sweeping everything up behind them I mean they, there was I didn't experience any of that um but yeah it was definitely a sparse finish line um with six hours 20 yeah um yeah not many people around but do, do you know what like finishing that race I've never been so happy um number one because I could just sit down and I did it and yeah I just couldn't believe I did it because I was so close to not doing it I had to ring my boyfriend at the time um and I said I'm so poorly like I can't do this and in the um, two and a half, three years that we were together, I did a lot of training runs. All my long runs were on my own. So 20, 22, 21 with like um, workouts placed in the middle. Like, I mean, tough workouts. 
I've never ever had to ring him or anyone for assistance on any run ever, even with like stomach issues. So he knew this is not good because she just doesn't ever do this. Right. And now when the stomach issues started right away in the morning. So you were yeah. starting with them and yeah. you got halfway, a little more than halfway till you really felt it. But what was yeah. going through your mind in those miles that you were starting in? I just thought, oh, like, why does this have to happen today? I mean, I suffer a lot in my stomach anyway. So I just thought it was a normal, one of my normal stomach aches. Um, and it definitely wasn't. I think it was something I must have eaten the day before or perhaps even just picking up a bug. You know, when you go to a, you know, go to a city, you're just a little bit more susceptible when you're traveling, um, especially away from home. Um, and it was, it was quite a stressful week in the lead up as well. I don't think that would have helped um, a lot of lack of sleep. Um, so I think maybe my body was under a lot of stress um, and I might just have been naturally more susceptible to picking something up. Um, but I just thought, oh, what are the odds of like not feeling well? Um it's funny because my stepdad was at home. He wasn't able to come and watch and he managed to record me at the start line. And he was like, I've never seen a runner that happy on their first marathon day. <laughs> Cause I was on the screen. He managed to video me and I'm just there in my, in my club best, like literally on my own, not talking to anyone, like massive smile on my face because it was a dream come true running London. I just, it was, it meant so much to me to be able to do that race. Right. So, Yeah. And London being your first marathon, that's super yeah. cool and cool that you yeah. um When you started feeling it getting worse and worse and probably starting to feel like you wanted to quit, what would kind of reel you in? I know you talked about the fact that you were on a charity team, so doing um, the charity, that probably helped. But what were mm -hmm. some other things that you either told yourself or how did you manage to push through and just say, nope, I'm going to do it? Was it pure adrenaline? Was it something else? I don't know whether it was because it meant so much. Um, I think me and you chatted about this before, about um, and, and your marathon as well, is, is the visualization. Um, I must have done that like subconsciously in my sleep. I think I ate, slept, and breathed um, marathon. And, and do you know what's really funny is that that London marathon was such a big dream. I, I, I really don't know why, because it could, I could have done any marathon. Um, and I'm not even that compelled to run it again now that I've done it, but I just wanted London to be my first marathon. So um, I think I had put so much um, hope and belief in that I was going to do it. So I, re I remember being on holiday when the ballot results came out and this was just after a half marathon that I'd done. And I'd messaged my mum, messaged home to say, look, mum, you know, London ballot is coming out this week. Can you please check the post for me? Um, and she wasn't at home and, and so I think she messaged me saying, oh, it, there's something's come from London. And I'm like, well, can you open it? She goes, oh, well, I've just gone out. And I'm like, are you joking? <laughs> like, and I couldn't sign in and check the result. But I was like, are you joking? I need to know. Like, like you're telling me that you've seen that the magazine has arrived and you can't tell me if it's a yes or a no. <laughs> so um, I'm sat on the beach and I've got no signal, but I turn it back, I turn my phone back on to get signal. And um, she'd sent me a photo and it said you're in the ballot and and it was weird because that morning I downloaded a book on my kindle and it was um oh, running smarter or something running um how to something about running a marathon because in my head I was already visualizing at that point full magazine magazine came but it's just funny that I downloaded that book running a marathon smartly and fi finding out on that same day that I was in it was like it was just too many stars aligning for me to be able to do it so I think when I was struggling on the day it had already meant so much to me that there wasn't a way I couldn't have finished and um, I was raising money for so it was a local charity that I'd chosen I didn't have to raise money because of having the ballot entry but um, they're called the Sandy Bear Bereavement charity so they assist um, young children through bereavement or through serious um, health and life conditions and they actually helped me and my sister when I was younger when I lost my brother so it, it was quite a big reason and I wanted to do them proud and I didn't want to let my family down and I could never have lived with saying I didn't finish it but thanks for the the money for the charity um, I was actually cursing my mum in that race thinking 
I can't believe that I've agreed to like to raise money because initially you know it's quite hard when you're a runner and you love running um and you don't take much um motivating to get out the door when you ask for a sponsorship it's really hard you feel like you're not able to because it is a passion and it is a hobby so it's like why would I sponsor you because you love running and it's easy to you um but obviously running a marathon is not easy um and I felt yes okay I can raise money for for a marathon um so yeah the charity meant a, a great deal to me and I really wanted to do them proud um and it was yeah it was great being able to give them that that much needed bit of sponsorship yeah yeah that's neat it's so cool that you could run for them and I've done one sponsorship race and it was, it was a really great experience to mm. be able to give back. Yeah. Doing something that I love. Right. And so yeah. that's really neat. I think uh, as runners, it's, I would say, do it, try it once at least mm. to give back and see what it's like to race for someone or something outside of ourselves. Um, yes. And that's cool that you had that kind of pull because who knows what would have happened if you didn't have that pull maybe it would have been enough for you to be like, mm, it's just my dream. So I can give up on, cause we give up on ourselves way easier than we give up on other people. Yeah, that's true. So if we have something else that we're working toward, or that's why it's easy to help other people because we won't give up on them as easily as we'll, we can tell ourselves and talk ourselves out of things all day long. Yes. So um, in the, in the moments, I mean, six hours and 20 minutes, <laughs> mm-hmm. a long time to have self-reflection. I'm sure that you learned a few things along the way. So what are some, what are some of the takeaways that you had in that experience? Ooh, that, one thing I, I, I did say and share after was that, um, that I'm a lot more resilient than I thought I was. Um, because it was, it was a close call. Like, you know, I was so poorly at one point during that race. Um, and I think, it's, it's quite similar to to life and my life um, when I compare it it's just to keep going and not to give up I know it sounds cliche but it's so true it's I think if you just keep taking one step at a time um it gets easier or at least um the overcoming of an obstacle or event or a struggle is more within reach and that light is at the end of the tunnel if you just keep going which is definitely something I have had to talk, teach myself over the over however many years um and like you said earlier um it's so much easier to stay down than it is to actually keep going it is so hard when when you're struggling or suffering it's so hard to keep going but it is so necessary to to be able to um overcome those struggles and obstacles in order to in order to achieve anything in life so I think just keep going I know it sounds very simple but it's, it's true and I think that is what I was doing I was walking and I was crying and I was just like one step in front of the other like and I just remember saying to myself just don't be sick don't be sick and there were a few moments where um I could not do it discreetly there was one tunnel and there was nowhere where I could escape there were barricades and people next next to them and I just had to just do my business yeah you just had to, <laughs> just had to do it sometimes it's good to have those like blinders or barriers in our way so that we only have that path and we have to keep yeah it. yes that's true actually yeah we're going so yeah. a little push to to get us to be like okay now I can do it I, I've gotten this yeah. far I can go this far and seeing those little milestones in mm-hmm. a normal marathon race I think of it as okay I only have a 10k left or now I only have two 5ks or I have a 5k and it's easy yeah. to break it down like that I know in your circumstance, it probably wasn't as easy to see it that way because you're in so much pain and agony and, yeah. um, and whatnot. So when you crossed the finish line, what went through your head? What was the most immediate thing that went through your head? Do you remember? I think it was, oh my God, I just did that. Like, how on earth did I do that? Um, where's my family? I need a hug. <laughs> um, and I was sat on the, like, it took a while for them because they watched me, like, I think it was at mile 24. They had quite a far way to get to the finish line to the meeting point because of the closures in the roads so I was sat um for a great while on the pavement just sat there with my um kit bag and my phone trying to turn it on um and then they they came around and my sister bless her heart she managed to capture that photo of them like 
walking towards me um, and I'm sat on the pavement and my smile just says, oh, I was so happy. It was just, yes, my dream has come true. I've run London now, I've run a marathon um, and I worked hard to, to, to get that medal and to get that finish. Um, so yeah, it was just, yeah, it was absolute joy. And I, I was on cloud nine. I didn't feel poorly by this point. Um, I didn't eat all day I think it was eight o'clock I managed to eat something bearing in mind I'd had my breakfast about eight o'clock um because I just didn't feel right um so yeah and I I was fine by the evening it was really weird like I wasn't sick again um so yeah it was just just total happiness that's awesome elated right right it was just the day and that's the thing about racing even um or life we just don't know what that day is going to be um, mm-hmm. we can train for it and we can prepare for it like it sounds yeah. like you were really well prepared you mm-hmm. had your fueling in check you had your long runs done you trained mm-hmm. really hard and you were ready and ready as ready can be but yeah. on that day you never know how you're mm-hmm. going to feel how the weather is going to be you know none, none of that stuff the only things that we can control is what we do with the situation like our own mm-hmm. attitude and our actions really right we talk I think we yeah. talked about that on your podcast but yeah um and I love that you persevered and you had that resilience factor and said well I can control my attitude and I can tr- control what I do with this mm-hmm. and no one would have thought anything bad about you stepping out of the race no one would have said well why would you do that they would have probably said oh, I would have done the same thing, or I'm so glad you didn't finish, you know, like they would have been kind of empathizing with you where now you finished and now you kind of are that excuse remover saying, if I can do this, you can do it too. Mm-hmm. Not being in a race, but in a trial. If I mm-hmm. can overcome, you can too. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, there were, there were some dark like thoughts afterwards because I felt cheated from my experience, but I they were very fleeting because I, I, that's only when your mind is playing tricks on you because instantly I'm like, I, I've, I've always, and I've always said this, that I am more proud of that finish and doing that marathon in that six hours 20 and what I overcame that day than I would have been had I, had I got my goal time, goal race and just ticked off the miles nicely as per my, you know, my race, um, my race plan and what I wanted to achieve so much more proud. And I said, and I joked to someone, you know, well, next marathon is obviously going to be, you know, how, I don't think it'll top it, but (laughs) you know, it's going to be pretty easy to top the time. I think. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, six hours and 20 minutes for what you went through is a great feat in itself. I mean, that is a great time, just all the walking and all the stopping and you know, being in the medical tent and all those things. I mean, those all attributed to that time. And yeah. it's amazing that you did it in six hours and 20 minutes, really. So yeah. as far as marathons go, that was my one of my questions I was thinking about was after you're finished, did you think about the next one? Did you think I'll never do this again? Yes. Absolutely. So I absolutely thought about another one. Yeah, I couldn't wait. Um, yeah, which is great. My mum was just like, oh, please don't. <laughs> she, bless her. she she worried so much on that day because I was so poorly she she <laughs> she went through a lot of stress um yeah I did I I do you know what was really funny though um I'd I was in, obviously in such good shape my legs were you know I think I'd put in all the miles that I needed to um that I really didn't ache that much after that marathon I didn't really feel it, but I don't, I think that was a lot to do with the walk-in stops. But having said that though, I didn't ache initially after it, I struggled for months after that event. And I think I had to really say to myself, your body's just been through something massive. And perhaps you just need a bit of downtime because every run was a struggle. And it really, it was really quite upsetting actually, because, because I hadn't had that race experience and I, you know, I parted ways with that. That was fine. I managed to rationalize that. But the fact that even a three mile run was a struggle was really sad because there was nothing wrong with me. I had no injury. I just, I just couldn't run properly for so long afterwards. And, and I've really found it hard to identify myself as a runner. Um, like I knew I was a runner. I just wasn't the runner I was before. And I found that quite difficult. Um, but I know now the reason why, um, 
it was absolutely because of that experience my body needed to come back from it it'd been through a traumatic experience and it hadn't had time to rest and recuperate properly so it was just it just needed a time out and I was going through a lot of emotional stress at the time as well and it is definitely true that stress can really impact our our mind and our bodies in such profound ways that we we just don't even know it's it's quite um it's quite a big thing and I think if you are or you do go through any stressful periods in life um or stressful events it's really really important to just take it a little bit easier um and if that means slowing down in a lot of aspects then that's what you've got to do um because lo and behold then I I came um you know injury struck in September which wasn't long after London and the struggles of my running over the summer okay yeah so that was that was really near each other so time yeah you had London, you had your downtime and struggling to get back to running, mm-hmm. and then the injury came. Yeah. And as far as the injury, it was just something that kind of developed, wasn't it? Or what did you know exactly when it happened? Um, yeah, definitely did develop. It was something that I'd noticed before, and it's quite ironic. One of my friends said, well, no, it isn't ironic. It shows that you're careful as a runner. My injury isn't running related. That is like, I don't know whether that's ironic or not, because my injury stopped me from running, but it wasn't caused by running. Right. It's like, really? <laughs> um, I just woke up one one day with a really, really bad neck. It was jammed. I could not move it. I couldn't even move it one degree like that. I'd have to, if I was talking to someone to my right, I'd have to turn around and like face them. I was in so much pain. I could not turn. And, and, and even like to move my eyes, like my eyeballs, like even that like would move my neck a little bit and that, that would be painful. So I spent a lot of money with the chiropractor and trying to, you know, get it right. And it did help somewhat, but I just, it just wasn't going away. Initially I was running through it because I'd had something similar before, which had disappeared as quickly as it developed. Um, I just thought it was normal. So I'd be running in club and I'd have a friend next to me who would be like my wing mirror, um, checking the roads either side because I couldn't turn my head. Um, So when I started having funny turns with it and having migraines, and um, there was one time where the migraine was so bad I lost my speech and I couldn't read properly. So I knew it wasn't normal, it wasn't right, because it happened again. Um, and then it was so painful. I thought, well, I'm just going to stop running for a little bit. Um, so yeah, I saw the chiropractor and seen GP. No one could really tell me what, what the thing or the issue was, but I do think it was a case of several trapped nerves. Um, and just a locked neck. I think it was from stress, months of stress and, um, probably running through stress. It's, it's funny how much stress can actually have an impact on our body physically um, and it wasn't until I was listening to a podcast um, a few months later after enduring this pain for so long um, I mean the pain was so bad I, I couldn't even walk for I think it was two months pain I couldn't walk I couldn't even do yoga which is I could do no exercise so I'm surprised I um, managed to keep myself sane as much as I did um, but I was listening to this podcast and it was John Amaral and he's actually on episode five of the Goop Lab with Gwyneth Paltrow. And he's like a healing, um, I can't remember what his title is exactly, but he was saying about these experiences that these people had had and how he helped them through it. And, and that the stress was what caused their body to physically react. And and one story was of a, of a man and his, he- his neck had locked because of this emotional and relationship stress and something else. Um, and it just kind of like a light bulb moment. I was like, oh. Yeah, like it's because I've had months and months of like massive stress. Like my body's just gone like that. Because you naturally do, you tense up, don't you, when you're when you're stressed. Oh, absolutely. And I wasn't I wasn't at all relaxing. And you know, working an eight hour desk job with a computer and then hours on top doing my podcast at a laptop, always on my mobile, it was the stress and um repetitive strain, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Huh. Mm-hmm. And you're still kind of overcoming that. I know yeah. you you said a mile in, right? You've done a mile. Or have you done a 5K? I did. So I did a mile and then I did two and then I did three and then I managed to get up to five. Okay. Um, and then in between what I would do, like it's been a long, long process. There's been a lot of walking and there was two months of walk jogging. Um, so I wouldn't be able to jog more than, I think it was two minutes at one point, but managed to get it up and up and up. 
Um, so yeah, it's been going really, really well. Been very careful. My warm ups include at least like half a mile to a mile walk before any run. Um, and then lo and behold, I think it was 10, 10 days ago, two weeks ago, um, I managed to click my neck again and I felt a ping and it was really painful and I couldn't bend down or like put the wash in, put, put, even put my plates and stuff away. I, I was in so much pain. So for, I think I haven't run properly now for a long while. I did, I did one the other day. I did a mile walk, two miles walk rather, and two miles of 30 second jogging, one minute walk in because I just didn't want to set myself back even more. So I was being really cautious again. Yeah, I get that. And you know what? I feel like sometimes with an injury, it it almost tries to keep peeking its head back. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that with my ankle. My ankle actually yeah. felt worse in the past month than it's felt in a long time. And it's like, man, it's been a year and a half. Come on, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's just yeah. things that we still have to persevere through and figure out how to work with because mm. I think we can keep doing what we love, but we have to learn how to work with the other things as they're healing because we want it to heal Mm -hmm. and um you know that's that's the hard part and so it's good that you're taking it one stride at a time and figuring out what can I do what can't I do and balancing that walking and running and knowing that you're still a runner yes absolutely away from us so yeah and I I mean oh yeah what I was just saying, you, you know, we've got we've got forever to run. You know, that's what I keep telling myself, and it's definitely tested my patience. That's for sure. Um, and you know, so many people I've known, so many runners who've been injured and get really, really low. Um, I'm just really fortunate that I've managed to cope with it quite okay. I mean, it's been what was it now? Nine months nearly. Is it nine months? September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Yeah, eight months coming up to nine. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really shocked considering I could I had two months where I couldn't exercise at all. Now normally if I went two days without exercise, I would be struggling with my mental health. So considering I've been able to manage that all while um um I moved house. I moved house before Christmas. So I had to yeah, that was a whole other you know, that was all going on whilst the injury was surfacing. So having that and lots of other life changes have, have occurred. Um and I think when I look back, I think, whoa, I've gone through a lot in this last year. Um, so I think because I'm just so grateful that I can move and that I can walk, that's where I've managed to cope because, you know, I am so blessed that I'm able to walk. It's, you know, we should never, um, you know, take that for granted because so many can't and or at least, you know, others can't. And so, you know, even if I am walking three miles with my music, I am still very fortunate to be able to do that. And that is just um, a great hobby of mine to be able to do. So, yes, maybe injured and may not be running to the fitness I was before, but I've learned so much since that anyway. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's so true. And finding the gratitude. And I know that's something that you do a lot is looking for the gratitude in that in the situations. And I think that's what can keep us from going down into those spirals or, uh, you know, see kind of getting into the pity of why me or thing Mm -hmm. is seeing the good in the situation. And I love that you do that. I love seeing the posts that you have even because you're always talking about those things and what you're grateful for, or that you had a great walk. And I love that. I I kind of feel like, uh, I wonder if your podcast too, do you think that's helped you along the way with you being able to connect with other runners and, um, share their stories. Do you think that's been helping you in a way of coping as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I've been so fortunate to, to just, like we said earlier, fall into it and, and um, be immersed in this wonderful community online. Um, so that, so, you know, especially during lockdown, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting my run talk chat fix from club like that was my I used to love that on a Wednesday night being able to catch up with everyone and just talk 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 it was quite um um a joke that I'd be right at the back of any group on a Wednesday night because for me that was my easy run I didn't care about pace I didn't look at my watch I was there to talk and to chat and to socialize so not having that during lockdown um 
I'm so lucky that I've got this community online and that is, you know, either through Instagram or through my, through the podcast and everyone I meet, um, especially as I live alone. So being in lockdown and not being able to see family and friends. Um, I mean, I'm fortunate I get to go to work. So very lucky for that as well. Um, so I do get some social interaction at work, but had I not been going to work and not been immersed in that community, I would be really struggling. And I do think of those who are or have been at home since the beginning um, and who live alone because it can't, it can't be easy. And, and for me, um, absolutely the podcast and everyone I've met through it um, the inspiration they give me continuously and just hearing their stories and you know who they know and you know they put me in touch with other people and it's just like opening doors to all these different people and sometimes opportunities as well um, but having received so many messages online from other people who are grateful for the podcast or who tag me in their posts saying oh I've been for a 10 mile run 40 mile run I'm literally living vicariously through everyone's long runs because I can't do it myself so when I see someone going on a long run and they're like I've been listening to not another runner I'm like yeah I've been on a long run today even though I, d- I wasn't there myself I literally feel like oh I get that buzz I've been on a long run <laughs> but seeing seeing other people and their, their messages and, and so many messages of like um, of thanks for for um, being able to listen to the content is just a massive motivating factor because I feel like we can all just be one big community and um, the more we share that um, support to one another and just being kind to each other um, just fuels me even more to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, community is huge. Without massive. we would that suffer and especially yeah. mental health mental health would suffer without the community. So that's yeah. really important. Mm-hmm. I love that. Now, I am curious. I, it sounded like you might have a half in mind for the fall, winter time frame. Um, what are your, do you have any goals coming up uh, as far as maybe your main goal is to get back into the yes. running first, but do you have, do you aspire to any other, any other things coming up here? So for girls, um, do you know what? That's really weird. I feel like a little bit like your psychic. Where did you hear about this half? Um, I read about it. I think it was in the VB Nation. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was thinking then like how, and I was thinking because that podcast that I've, because I've recorded another podcast this week with someone else for, for this. And I was thinking that's not aired yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, do you know what? I was thinking this the other day um, when I got to my five miles, um, a few weeks ago and god that was such a great feeling do you know what's really great though I've, I've got to say this I a long time ago when I was when I was running and running well I think even when I was maybe when I was injured but I remember thinking back like I would listen to music and to the playlist I'd listened to when I first started running and you know when you first discover it and you you just increase the distance and it feels amazing and it's all this whole new world and I remember thinking like a nostalgic feeling like oh, I'll never get that back again like those days you know they're you know they're not the same and now since being injured and then working my way back up I, I thought the other day actually I, I can get that back again because I'm I'm working from the beginning again um so with regards to goals um having done those five miles I did think to myself it would be great if I could get back up to 13 miles I did have a race planned actually and I've forgotten all about this um, if that was to to be honest though I've kind of said to myself with regards to our situation now I haven't really thought about this year with regards to events and races so more in my head I'm thinking if I could do 13.1 miles in the autumn I'd be ecstatic fingers crossed I can get there um, but I'll be sensible so if I can't I can't but it would be great and I did think oh I could do one on I think it's the last weekend of September and it would be a year since I'll have done 13 miles so if I wake up to to that it'll be quite a memorable moment then because I remember I wasn't in a good place in September last year and to get to that start line was so hard like everything was against me and there was torrential rain there was wind it oh I just really did not want to go but because I'd said to a friend that we would both do it I couldn't let her down so I did and I'm so glad I did but yeah I wasn't in a good place yeah yeah no that would be a really cool yeah it would yeah your anniversary type thing and yeah being able to say yep I can do it I can overcome this and um, do you have the marathon itch still 
Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, it's it's way back in my head. It's not. It's definitely not the forefront because of because of this. I don't even know if I can call it injury, but because of this whole neck thing and 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 the struggle with that, um, it's definitely not a priority. But um, I think in a way, um, one thing I'll think is that um, this has been quite a blessing because if I wasn't if I was running as I was, I think I'd find it even more difficult to manage the podcast and everything that I do do. Um, you know, I've got very limited time anyway. Um, but I am very conscious of, you know, how much time I do use um, spend at the laptop and at my phone because that could probably just continue to, um, yeah, exacerbate the whole next situation. But yeah, with regards to marathon, definitely another day. Um, just haven't thought about it too much. It's there though. Yeah, somewhere. You'll somewhere. You'll yeah. Time and and if that happens, that'll be it'll be fun. It'll be a fun experience to see what you can do this next time around. Because I'm sure that it would be a much better experience. <laughs> but I always tell when I as I train for races, I always say, "Oh, this is gonna be my last marathon. I'm never doing another one." And then you know you get doing it, and then you go, "Shoot, I think I could do better." <laughs> Yes. Addiction. It just becomes an addiction. But um, so my last question for you is just if you could give one piece of advice to someone who has a dream, but is either scared to go after it or just doesn't know how it will all come together, what would that advice be that you would give? Oh, <clears throat> I definitely did not prepare for this one. So this is going to be, this is going to be what comes to my head. Okay. My advice. Um, yeah. Oh, this is because this is easy. Yeah, okay. So it would be absolutely have your your purpose, your why. So having your why is just essential for everything. So um, I think it's, it's hard without putting it into context, but whatever struggle or um, obstacle that may come your way, whatever you want in life or something that you want to aspire to having that big purpose there will keep you fighting through anything um and I think sometimes that's really hard if you're going through a really really big life event or a really big struggle as I did I I didn't have a why at all I didn't have a purpose um and I had some really dark days so trying to overcome that is 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 difficult so saying have your why is doesn't always fit in that in that aspect so in which case I would say just keep putting one foot in front of the other, like just one step at a time. And it doesn't matter how small that may be. You know, some days I would applaud myself for getting in the shower because I was so unwell. So just one step at a time and just keep putting one foot in front of, in front of the other and you'll be so glad that you kept going. Yeah, I love that. The small victories, you know. Just yes. Victories. I love yeah. that. So. Yes. Sometimes it's all we have and just finding that little win and it'll yeah. for that one next step. So Yeah. Even if it's you washed your hair, like yes. Yeah. You're winning. Yes, absolutely. So that's so cool. And you have another anniversary coming up and I'm g i am I think it's in June. So when this yeah. podcast launches or when this episode launches, it'll be right around that time mm -hmm. with you being a year into your podcast. And yeah. is, that, is it June? Yeah, um, I think it was 22nd of June, if I remember rightly. Okay. And I looked. Yes, so very soon. Super awesome, which is one of the reasons I wanted you on right now, too, because I wanted to congratulate you on your one year, because a lot of people don't make it past recording five to eight episodes. So getting past that little hunch, you know, that little win. Yeah. Keep going, and it becomes a natural occurring thing that you probably can't think of not doing anymore. No. But share just a little bit about your podcast about not another runner and um where our audience can find you so they can connect with you too so um the not another runner podcast is um aimed to motivate and inspire um others just to get up and get going despite level of ability level of fitness it doesn't matter where you're starting where you're going or where you've been um it doesn't matter if you're starting again like me it is just um to get up get going have fun and to feel good um so i do hope to um, motivate the everyday runner with everyday runners stories um motivational and inspirational and stories 
stories of transformation. Um, and you can find the podcast on most podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Anchor FM, um, iTunes, and it's literally not another runner. Um, and that's where you can find me over on Instagram as well, is not another runner, all is one. Well, we appreciate you taking this time out, Matt. I had a great time chatting with you again. Um, we will definitely have to connect and keep connected. And I'm excited to hear when you hit past that five mile mark too. And as you keep embarking on the journey of getting back into the running. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to you being able to, to run well as well with no uncle, uncle mishaps and annoyances <laughs> thank you yeah thank you very much for having me yes absolutely we will talk again soon Nat. yes cheers what do you think wasn't that so so good i'm glad natalie could be with us today to share some of her lowest moments and how she dug herself out of them and created a life of positive for herself i want you to know that you are not alone in the feelings you have we all experience lows and it's okay to stay there a while and feel those feelings but at some point, it's what we do with them that makes all the difference. Life will never be easy. Bumps will come, walls will emerge, giants will surface. Use those trials and turn them into your victory story. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify, as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast and helping it reach the listeners who would love to add it to their library. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. If you're not a part of the free Red Hot Winners online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you go after your biggest goals. And we can continue today's conversation over there. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.